Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we're going to go ahead and say it for the first time in a long time. On this glorious Monday morning, glorious Monday morning, Cajuns got a sweep, LSU got a sweep, Astros won three out of four. I survived the first weekend. And last night's game, you know, in, well, yesterday's game for the Astros ended like, you know, around 6 o'clock. I didn't have to stay up till past midnight for the first time in four nights. And, uh, man, I was, I was beat by yesterday after three straight nights of going to midnight or beyond with, with, with uh, games. And so we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll go with glorious. There are... Um, Cajun softball got it. I mean, most convincing sweep of the of the season, coming off of two uh, heartbreaking, frustrating losses in a row. So, the only thing that's really not glorious is for the impatient ones of us who who I don't know how I'm going to make it all the way to the NFL draft. You know, there's still two and a half weeks to go. Like when we last spoke on Friday, there were just inside of three weeks to go. It didn't seem like we made any progress. It's like we just keep running in place here. Then I see one of these, so say, NFL draft analysts to say he would not be surprised if five quarterbacks picked in the first round. Come on now. Five in in the worst quarterback draft in 15 or 16 years is going to be five quarterbacks. There, I just continue to say there cannot be that many stupid teams out there, but these guys keep telling me there are, so we'll see. So I will try to remain patient. But, yes, we're going to go with a glorious Monday. A lot of ways to look at a lot of these series. I said on, um, and, you know, speaking to the glorious, again, I don't live and die with the Pelicans, but I wish the best for them. And over, since we last spoke, they it worked out where they it worked out where they kind of clinched their position. They were able to tank last night's game. Although the whole taking of the game stuff just really gets to me. But it, it gets to me more in football than it does in basketball. So I'm good with that. Hosting on Wednesday. And so, you know, if you're a Pelican fan and you started out, what, 1-12 and 12 and 3-16 and 16 or whatever, you know, that awful start they were off to. It looked like the season was done. The fact that the, the, the season is over and you're still playing, congratulations, um, to them. And then, you know, there are other baseball fans. If if you liked your team's weekend or didn't like your team's weekend, certainly feel free to call in. And a reminder that you can watch us on Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. Yankee fans thought they were going to get a sweep last night, and they got – look, Jake Diekman is, is – uh, it's just – you don't have to tell me about Jake Diekman. You know, me, you know, before the Astros got really good, um, 
in the rain and when the, before the Rangers got really bad, man, the Astros have all kind of trouble with Jake Diekman. I, I still got a lot of bad memories of Jake Diekman. A lot of bad memories of Jake Diekman. A lot of them. Uh, so I was not surprised that he um, shut the Yankees down last night. Yankees were oh so close to getting a sweep against the Red Sox. If you remember, the Red Sox opened last season by getting soundly pummeled in three games uh, by the Orioles. And speaking of the Orioles, I mean, if 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 you think the Mariners are tired of the Astros, if you think the Angels are tired of the Astros. How about the Orioles tired of the Rays? The Rays have now beaten the Orioles, I think, 15 straight, and I think they beat them 18 out of 19 last year. So they've beaten them at least 19 of the last 20 times they've played them. You talk about a team like, we got to play who? Why are we playing them again? When are we going to get them off of our schedule? Man, if you're an Oriole fan, if there's any left, um, you got to be thinking, please, let's just forfeit against the Rays and move on. Let's not waste our pitch. Let's just not waste it. But, no, they got another sound, soundly thunked eight to nothing yesterday. So if you're, there ain't too many Rays fans out there. But for those, it was a glorious weekend for them as well. Um, can't, we'll, we, we'll talk about it later in the show. Did have a Cajun football spring game on Saturday. I'll give you my impressions of that. But, uh, again, just lots of success. It's glorious on the golf front as well. I mean, if you are a local golf fan and and didn't have a local golfer, but the caddy was local. Ted Scott won his third Masters as a caddy uh, for Scotty Scheffler. So, again, glorious for local golf fans as well with the Masters results. So, you know, it's been a while since we've, had to, since we even had a decision to make whether it should be a glorious Monday morning or not, but it um, Astros, you know, they did what you can't do on Friday, and that's just going to happen here and there in baseball. They they scored thirteen runs and they hit six home runs, and I'm watching the game with 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 my family, and I looked at Riley, and and I'm it, I don't I forget the score at the time. They've got like ten runs, or they're up like ten to three, or whatever it was. And I and 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 Icky's coming to the plate, and Icky had had gotten off to a slow start, and I'm looking at Riley, and I said he's going to hit a home run right here. She said he better not, and I'm like he's going to hit a home run right here. I just I could just feel it, and and of course he hits a home. I'm like, unbelievable. Would you please stop? And then he comes up in the ninth inning again, and I said, don't do it again. She says, he better not. Of course, he hits another home run. Unbelievable. And so they get all the way up to 13, and I'm like, oh, man, we're going to have to really pitch well tomorrow. We're going to have to really pitch well tomorrow to win because they ain't going to score any runs. And as it turned out, they scored zero runs. Ah! fact they didn't score any runs so like the fifth inning yesterday so it was like for a game and a half they paid the piper because we all know well some of us fight it and hannah will learn but the piper must be paid and so the piper got paid for a game and a half after scoring 13 runs and hitting six homers and acting like it's some sort of batting practice fest um, you know, they paid the Piper for a game and a half, but 
Bregman got a two-out. He was lucky, but I'll take it. He got a two-out single um, and kind of broke the ice. And they got a very nice four to one win. That's baseball. That thirteen to six stuff. That's foolishness. But um, is what that is. Just foolishness. But uh, great, great, great victory. Three out of four against MVP Central. They they actually pitched a little better than I thought they would, except for that one game. The on hells. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see how. Um, their season goes. Noah Syndergaard, man, he's menacing. Astros didn't do anything. Of course, it's hard to know if that was Noah Syndergaard or that was just the fact that they scored, hit six home runs the night before and acted all silly. Jeremy Pena looked very good. He had a rough first night, but, I mean, it was his Major League debut. We'll give him that. And since then, he has looked fabulous. Now, again, it's it's one weekend. And – we haven't remember the way you look at it is every, roughly every 10 games in major league baseball is one NFL football game. So we're still like late third quarter, early fourth quarter of the first NFL game. Not even that. What have we played? Three or four games? Astros have played four. Most teams have probably played just three games. So you play like three or four games. So you're not even you're not even to halftime. We're late second quarter of the first NFL football game. That's where we are. So we got a long way to go. But so because you look great doesn't mean you're going to be great. Because you look bad doesn't mean you're going to be bad. But it's still fun to win. Always fun to win, especially when you're playing a team that kind of gets on your nerves a little bit like MVP Central does. They got all their, they're counting all their little MVPs, but they don't get to count very many victories. It's fun. I love it. It's fun, fun, fun. Or another way to put it, it's glorious. Glorious Monday morning. So we're enjoying a lot of things to celebrate, a lot of things to relish. Uh, none of it has much finality to it other than, um, I guess you can say the Masters kind of stands alone. Um, I guess you can say the Pelicans, there's some finality to it because, look, let's face it, even if the Pelicans lose in the playoff, in the, in the play-in, you know, it's still overall a successful season, especially since you take on the fact, you know, you look at the Zion hadn't even participated and, and they started out 3-16 and 16 or whatever that awful record was at the beginning of the year. I mean, you know, when you start out that way and you and you and your on paper best player doesn't play a game, and you make the play, and you, you, it's it's progress. But of course, obviously, the most significant progress is that um, it looks like you found a head coach. I mean, that 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 you can build on, that can build a good culture that the people can, the players can appreciate and and want to play for, and that's the most important thing that's happened for the Pelicans this year. But it's um, good. So, again, uh, it's very early, but it looks like the softball team might have turned the corner. We'll be talking about that more with um, with Bobby DeMar and Coach Glasgow on Wednesday. Uh, the baseball team will, will make some more comments about 
fill in some some details there. Their first sweep of the season at Arkansas State in Jonesboro, and uh, some very um, a little scary, but they got the win, and we'll we'll give some details of that as well. All right, so that kind of sets the stage. All oh, kind of good stuff to talk about on this Monday. Still two and a half weeks away from the NFL draft. <sighs> what are we going to do that night? Seriously, that is going to be, it's a Thursday. We've already discovered the Astros play a day game that day, which is good. It's not the Thursday before Easter, so there won't be like UL stuff. So all that's good. Man, we got to clean them. Oh, man. Unbelievable. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout, come back, fill in some some more details, some of these teams and subjects and issues we brought up in the first segment. We'll be back on this glorious Monday morning for the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. here in the game dugout love baseball it was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers hey dad you want to have a catch i'd like that not all of them had such heartwarming moments this guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game now back to more baseball talk here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's. Sports Station, want to remind you, Festival International, if you would like to go, you need to take advantage. This is the way to do it. Take advantage of the game's Festival International prize pack. All you need to do is go to the website, join the rewards club, and you could put yourself in position to uh, do Festival International the right way. And that will include exclusive access to front row and stage area, shaded seating, that's very important. Air-conditioned restrooms, express drink lines. That might be the most important of all. Shirts, pins, posters, all kinds of great stuff. Festival International, the right way. And you can do that by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Sign up the Rewards Club. You might win Festival International prize pack. All right. Lots of things to delve into. We kind of set the stage, I don't know, five or six different areas in the in the first segment. Cajun baseball. A lot of people were worried about the Cajuns two, three weeks ago. I I wrote a column in the paper. We talked about it here about how there were some fundamental things that the Cajuns were doing well, even though it didn't always produce victories that you could kind of hang your hat on that should play out well for the rest of the season. And so far, that seems to be happening. The Cajuns are now, you know, when that far long ago, they were ninth place. 
They're now tied for fifth, only one game out of third place. You know, they were playing an Arkansas State team over the weekend that has not won a conference game yet. They're now 0-12 in conference play. And so everybody and then they and then you beat them 10 to nothing. What about nine bunts? They just kept bunting, and Arkansas State kept not fielding it. And and so you say, well, this is going to be an easy series. Well, it turned out it wasn't an easy series. You know, they, they needed to score two runs in the ninth inning on Saturday to win 5-3. to three. They needed to score four runs in, what, the fifth, three of them unearned. They needed to get out of a bases-loaded, no-out jam in the bottom of the eighth and then scored three runs. in the um, top of the 10th to win 7-4 to four in 10 innings. And so I'm sure some fans were a little disgruntled by that. But understand, I was looking it up. Texas State, who, by the way, has was having a fabulous season. They lost two out of three to Georgia Southern. Same Georgia Southern team that the Cajuns should have swept, but still won two out of three of at home. When, when Texas State went to Jonesboro, one of their they, they swept them like everyone has. But one of their wins was five to four, and another one was two to one. It's not like, um, you know, every game Arkansas State plays, even though they haven't won any of them, they just get routed. So they've played their fair share of one run games, really close games, and just like they did with the Cajuns. Uh, I think they got a, you know, they made a few errors that helped the Cajuns, which was great. And uh, Cajuns were kind of due for a little bit of that because they've certainly helped teams with errors here and there um, over the first 30-something game, well, 32 games of the season. So uh, very good. The Cajuns will play um, a midweek game, and and then, you know, they will play Thursday through Saturday. That's one of the things we're going to have to get used to this week because things are going to change. It's going to be a, a Thursday through Saturday situation so uh, a lot of good things happen uh, Cooper Rawls pitched two more innings following up his incredible performance at uh, in Ruston on Wednesday and you know he kind of went in Jonathan Brandon had three hits Julian Brock content I mean he had four more hits he went four for five yesterday it's unbelievable how good Julian Brock's been unbelievable this season Cajun softball um, you know, when the going into the series, they the Cajun softball team was only one game up on Troy. Troy didn't even compete in this series. Cajuns beat them seven one seven one and ten to nothing. They didn't get very many hits the whole weekend. Troy. I mean, the Cajun pitching was totally dominant in this weekend series. Um. Wasn't it like 29 to 7 or something like that? In hits, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. They just completely uh, dominated them. And they look, you know, it, you would, it looks like the kind of weekend where they might have turned the corner. We'll see. Um, we talked to, we wrote about it over the weekend. There are four players who are no longer on the team. Jenna King, Taylor Snow, um, Izzard and Vanessa Foreman. And so 
none of those were like Jenna King started her fair share of games, but but none of those you would say are are, are ultra critical players. Uh, Vanessa Foreman certainly played a role in that she would come in late in games and give him a left hander, but again, none of them were you would consider ultra. Uh, is Frankie Izzard's a player who got hurt and going into this season? I don't even think Coach Glasgow thought she'd play a game. And she had, to her credit, she did play some. Um, and she probably wanted to play a whole lot more. You know how athletes are. And, you know, that's, you know, very popular player and all that. But it just, you know, again, we're in the transfer portal era. And, and that's just the way it is. A lot of times you don't play as much as you want and you go play, you move somewhere else where you could play more. So um, the bottom line is Coach Glasgow made the comment yesterday in his post game that sometimes less is more and that we've said that we've heard that a lot in sports before. And I talk about it, not, it's a really, it's not really this exact example situation but I talk a lot about it more in basketball than anything. But some having depth is great if you have injuries. If you don't have injuries, having depth is a real problem. And that's something I've talked about for a long time. And it's and it's becoming more of a reality in this transfer portal era that we're in. Like depth is again, it's complicated now. Cause how do you keep everybody happy? Depth is really complicated in this era of college athletics. And, it's again, when you have injuries or if you can somehow have this incredible culture, which everybody talks about at the beginning of the year, but it rarely ends up happening. Like, I, I'm getting old and a little more cynical than I used to be. And I'm starting to get to the point now where it's going to be – It's I, I'm going to like, yeah, right. I'm going to, yeah, right every time a coach or a player tells me we have great chemistry on this team. You know, and look, there are going to be teams that have great chemistry. I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but this so say was going to be a team that had great chemistry. Well, turns out, no. Now, it sounds like it's better, and um, so we'll see how they go moving forward. Humongous series. This weekend, which again, because of Easter, is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday in Mobile. The Cajuns are 12 and 3 in conference play. They played 15 games. South Alabama's 9 and 1. They've only played 10 games. The Cajuns have played five more games, but that's not going to matter. All that's going to matter is your winning percentage. Uh, South Alabama, owned, they got an entire series canceled, and they only played one game this weekend because of weather. So they're 9-1. and one. They still have to play three games at Troy, but, man, Troy looked terrible over the weekend. Terrible. Now, it's hard to know, was that the Cajuns just playing that well? I don't know. But... And then, but then there's also the rivalry factors. The last three games of the year, South Alabama plays three at Troy, and I'm sure, you know, Troy. I would think Troy and South Alabama dislike each other even more than the Cajuns and, and Monroe do. So I, you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, the Cajuns can, you know, what take care of business of themselves. They go. The Cajuns win the rest of their games. They're going to win the conference. 
and we got to give him some credit. How many of us at the beginning of the year said, well, that streak of winning consecutive series in the Sun Belt, it's going to end. That's going to end this year. Well, I mean, I don't know. They went to Texas State and won. They swept Troy. Now, again, this is going to be a big threat this weekend at South Alabama. But if they win this weekend, you got to like their chances of sweeping it again. We'll see. LSU baseball. I said on Friday, I I didn't think this Mississippi State team was very good. Uh, And I think this weekend was a combination of LSU playing well, like they did in Florida, and Mississippi State just not being very good. But, again, you can accomplish, even though the team is not, you know, maybe playing, your opponent is not playing at a high level, you can gain confidence and answer questions and move forward in certain areas that when you play tougher teams, you're going to be more equipped for that. And I think LSU, it's not like LSU accomplished a lot of that this weekend at Mississippi State. So not a surprise at all to me. I mean, if you if you ask me what I thought at the beginning going into the weekend, I'd have probably predicted LSU's going to win two out of three, maybe not a total sweep. But again, I Mississippi State, Medicine season is a pro sports thing, but they're having a medicine season. They just are. I mean, they won the they won the national championship, and they're just not very good this year. But again, that that happens. Um, one of the other things about LSU that is starting to it seems is starting to happen. They're playing at a higher level so far on the road in SEC play than they're playing at home. I don't know. I don't know if that's just total coincidence. Maybe total coincidence, but it seems that way. So we'll continue to kind of monitor that. LSU is playing Arkansas this weekend. So Arkansas um, lost two out of three at Florida this weekend. Arkansas is three on three and three on the road this this season. So they're not doing as well on the road as LSU is, who's five and two on the road. And Arkansas is a very good team, but they're very beatable. The SEC is pretty balanced. Like, Tennessee's having a fabulous season. Tennessee is the only team through four SEC weekends. Tennessee is the only team out of the 14 teams in the SEC to not have at least four losses. Of course, they have none. But everyone else has at least four losses. Like LSU's tied for second in the West with a seven and five record, and so uh, obviously a lot of team that, that you know other than Tennessee. I mean Vanderbilt's under five hundred in SEC play. Like everyone in the East is under five hundred except for Tennessee. So it's kind of a strange, but again that goes with balance and every a lot of you know just about any, just about anybody can beat you in that league. Take away Tennessee, take away one or two teams at the bottom, and everybody's about the same, basically. And so we'll see how that continues to to play out. And we don't talk much LSU softball, but they uh, won two out of three at A&M. But prior to that, they had lost eight out of nine in SEC play, including getting swept by Texas and by Kentucky. So... We'll see how these teams' seasons uh, start to play out. But, folks, it hit me over the weekend. The Cajun softball, for instance, they only have four home games left. Like, 
we're starting to sniff the middle of April. And so, you know, you can – it's not here yet, but the end of these regular seasons are not that far away anymore. It's crazy. Cajun Subway have four home games left. That's it. All right. So we will take a timeout. Again, open phone lines. If you want to comment on any of this going on, certainly feel free to do so. The game hotline, 706-0111, We'll take a timeout. Come back. Fill in more of these gaps on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is your home for the Houston Astros. Astros headed back to the World Series. Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and the rest of the Astros are looking to get back to the World Series. You can listen to every pitch, hit, and thrilling victory as Robert Ford and Steve Sparks will be on the call. Tune in all season long for Astros baseball right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. How much does foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Yes, yes, yes. It's a long way there. Just one weekend down for Major League Baseball and a long, long way to go. Welcome back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Want to um, remind you about the Angola Prison Rodeo Giveaway. You can win free tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo by simply texting ANGOLA to 68683. Text ANGOLA to 68683. Running out of time. The, the Angola Prison Rodeo is April the 23rd and 24th. You'll see all the exciting bull riding, wild horse riding, and convict poker. But again, you can't see any of the Great action at the Angola Prison Rodeo free unless you go to text Angola to 68683. Text Angola to 68683, and you might be able to experience the Angola Prison Rodeo. All right. So, again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. If you have any comments on... Cajun baseball, Cajun softball, LSU baseball, or softball. If you have any comments on the UL spring game that you saw over the weekend, which we warned going in is not going to be a full-fledged game. Uh, they actually played like one quarter of time. Then the other one was all these kind of situational drill things. But uh, any impressions that you have on that, certainly feel free. Uh, the Masters, again, a little bit of a local connection in that the caddy for the winner, Scotty Scheffler, who won, you know, I guess you could say going away, won fairly comfortably. 
um, is from the Acadiana area, and Ted Scott, and it's his third Masters as a caddy, so congratulations to them. And the comments from Scheffler after winning the Masters were pretty were pretty awesome, actually. I mean, he was talking about how you you know he was kind of revealing that going into the the final round, he woke up that morning, he was all nervous, telling his wife he didn't know if he could do it. I mean, it's just you know you just never know what's going on in the minds of an athlete. You know, we look, I do it, you do it, we all do it. We sit here and we criticize coaching moves, and and every once in a while we 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 have a little bit of um, perspective and all this, but not often. You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in the minds of the athletes and coaches. We just don't. And so um, we just we and, and for the most part, unless we know them personally, we don't care what's going on in their personal. Let's be honest. Now we 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 should, in a lot of cases, um, but we don't. We're worried about what decision do you make, and it, it, it's it, it it's nice when an athlete like Scheffler here kind of gives you his true feelings. Like sounded like he was going crazy behind the scenes in his mind. Like, man, can I really do this? Like stage fright kind of stuff. And he obviously went out and, and got it done. So good for him. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of like we I was talking and referring to in the last segment with the Cajun softball team. You just don't know that. You know, most of us didn't know a lot of the chemistry issues that were going on behind the team until we kind of started getting some, not details, but some news about it. And they were revealing it in some of their post-game interviews over the weekend. And so, and then then you find out that four of the girls aren't on the team anymore. And so you figure something's up. And um, so it's kind of a... um, you just it, you, you, we have to remind ourselves every once in a while. You just don't know what's going on. Sometimes, again, we think we know, but we don't know. <laughs> like a crazy coach said, and we never will. Uh, and sometimes you find out, and sometimes you you never really do. But um, so no, that was that was that was it was cool to to read his comments. And how honest and revealing he was. And it kind of makes you realize that, you know, even when things seemingly, these guys sometimes act like they're so cool um, that, you know, they're as nervous. You know, I often wonder, how did these guys come through? Like, you know, when Astros or the Saints are playing, and I'm, you know, old, fat, and unathletic, so... All I'm doing is pacing and nervous as I could be. Don't know how I'm going to make it, and 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 you seem like and I, sometimes I think how are these guys so calm? And sometimes they're probably not as calm as they look. They've just trained themselves to be that calm. And and and, and in those moments, I often think back to an interview I did with Kevin Falk many many years ago, when when I asked him that very question. 
It was like after they won like their second Super Bowl or whatever, whenever that was. I don't even remember what year. It was after they won one of the Super Bowls. I'm like, how do you remain so calm in these tough moments when like fans like me are just losing your mind? And Kevin's response was, it's all about practice. You practice these situations so much that all you're doing in the games is doing what you practice so you don't think about the nerves of it. You just do what you practice over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I think about that answer a lot. And um, me practicing as a fan, it just doesn't work out that way. But I'm sure glad uh, a lot of times it works out for the hitters and uh, it worked out. Well, for most of the weekend for the Astros, for sure, winning three out of four. And then, you know, depends on on what your team did. Hannah's team won two out of three. And then I didn't even realize. So this morning they're playing a wraparound. I never I was never really a fan of the wraparound series where you play the same team on Monday that you played over the weekend. It happens every once in a while. I don't know that's ever happened on opening weekend. But again, this is not a real opening weekend. This was the schedule. Uh, this was supposed to be week two of the regular season, not opening weekend. And it's because, you you know, they missed, what, five or six or seven games, depending on how many games you had scheduled. I doubt, every, I doubt anybody plays the first seven games. So everybody missed about six games, maybe five, from the uh, from the – the result of the of the lockout, but um, but no, the the Mariners are they won two out of three over the weekend, but now they got to play that wraparound game at Minnesota. Um, to this afternoon, and so it's it's mostly a full schedule today, but the Astros don't play till tomorrow. The Astros have today off. They play tomorrow night late. Then they we get a little break on Wednesday, an afternoon game against the Diamondbacks. And then Thursday off, two days off this week. I don't think that's going to happen very often all season. But the Astros do get two days off this week, and this fat cat's going to need it. You know, I'm a, man, been t- it's been, this was a, I was tired this weekend, all that past midnight stuff. Uh, and so get a day game and two days off. So that, 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 that's going to that's gonna be a good thing. A little perspective. <laughs> Hopefully the Astros can win against the Diamondbacks, but I don't know. They're going to have to face Gallon's been kind of came out of spring a little iffy. I think Zach Gallon's their best pitcher. And so that's who the Astros are going to face tomorrow, and then they're going to face Bumgarner on, on Wednesday, and who knows what, what's going to happen with him. I, I have no idea. I think all the Astros starting pitchers pitch great. I think, uh, ironically, probably the most – encouraging thing well maybe the two most encouraging things that happened from the first weekend one of them is Justin Verlander looked like Justin Verlander it still amazes me that Justin Verlander's in a rotation for the Astros I I, you know it's like I'm watching it but I'm still not even believing what I'm watching just like I wasn't believing what I was hearing all through spring training when he didn't give up any runs and but I saw his outing. The Astros didn't win because they didn't score any runs because they scored, hit six home runs Friday night. But um, he looked like Justin Verlander. The other good thing is Alex Bregman 
kind of look like Alex Bregman again. It's one weekend, so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he looked like Alex Bregman. And the Astros need him to be Alex Bregman. They need him to be that. And, of course, the other thing that happened over the weekend is maybe some Astro fans started seeing why the Astros decided we're not going to pay Carlos Correa all these mega, mega, mega millions because we can. We have a pretty good player that, in Jeremy Pena that can play shortstop. One weekend does not make a good season. Okay, He's got a long way to go. Long way to go. And a lot of ups and downs. And he probably has no idea what he's about to get into. But in terms of his ups and downs. But you could see his potential. You can at least see maybe why the Astros weren't just cowering down to Carlos Correa's commands and were ready to move forward. Um, you can kind of see it. And hopefully, you know, he's not going to keep hitting, getting three hits every game. That's not going to keep happening. But but as long as he's a good, productive player, it's, it's a good thing. Good thing. All right. We will take another timeout, come back, finish out the first hour on this glorious Monday morning next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival scheduled for May the 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. If you would like to attend and attend the right way with VIP passes, all you need to do is go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club. You might win the VIP passes to the Hangout Music Fest Festival again May the 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And you need to do that by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, we don't do a lot of this, but a little traffic update. Semi truck broken down in the right lane, southbound on the Evangeline Thruway and 9th Street. So a semi-truck is broken down, little traffic update, in the right lane, right-hand lane, that's southbound on Evangeline Thruway at 9th Street. So I want to give you, if you're traveling in that area, you might want to go a different way or hopefully handle being in traffic better than I do. I'm not, I'm real patient on a lot of stuff. Um... Not real patient in traffic. And so hopefully uh, we are able to, if you're in the, or heading in that area, that you will kind of divert and go a little different. Take a little different route or take a side treat or something to make your trip a little bit easier. All right. So, um, again, lots happen over the weekend sports-wise. And, We'll have the entire second hour. If you would like to comment on any of those subjects, your early impressions on your on your baseball team, um, 
you know, I don't know that we'll get to the draft today, but maybe a little bit. But it is um, two weeks from Thursday is that draft, and it's continuing to kind of weigh on my mind. That's something I'm I'm not going to be real good with the on, in the patience category. I'm afraid again, um, a Masters that a lot of people were. Paid attention to because Tiger was back, but also because you had a local caddy on the eventual champion. And it's kind of nice when a guy's number one in the world and then he wins um, the big major. So lots of things. And then, of course, all the baseball and softball that we talked about at the at the collegiate level. So lots going on, depending on what you're a fan of. And not all of it was good, even though we said this was a glorious Monday and we'll comment on that at the top of our number two but that's it for our number one we'll be back on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station broadcasting live from the delta media studios in upper lafayette two hours of sports talk like none other footnotes with your host kevin foot Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I opened the show by saying it was a glorious Monday. And I said that because the Astros won three out of four. LSU baseball got its first sweep of the season. Cajun baseball got its first sweep of the uh, um, conference season, I'm talking about. And uh, Cajun softball got a sweep. So there was uh, a lot of good things on the local scene happening. Again, you had a local caddy who uh, his guy won the Masters. And so there was a lot of good things that took place. Um, not a glorious weekend in, a, in some sports circles nationally. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I guess you would say he was the backup quarterback, but Really, they had three quarterbacks that had some some starting experience, and they were all going to compete for the starting job with Mitchell Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And we got the awful news over the weekend. What day was that? Saturday, maybe? That um, Dwayne Haskins, former first-round pick quarterback of Raymond's commanders out of Ohio State and 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 that kind of didn't work out and then he Pittsburgh signed him and it seemed like that was a good place for him to go they didn't have much of a quarterback situation and a really stable organization with a really strong head coach um and then we get the news Saturday that he was hit by a dump truck and I don't know all the details I've heard different stories I don't know what's true uh you know why it happened? I have no idea. Uh, he was in Florida, work doing drills or some kind, working out with different quarterbacks and receivers, and ran out of gas on the interstate and somehow crossing or hit on the side. I don't know. I don't know the details. I just know that he. I don't know that any of us know all the details yet. But um, doesn't really matter. I mean, just a tragic accident, and obviously that organization and anybody who knew him and, and just, you know, 
football fans in general for the pure humanity of it just sounds awful. And so, you you, you know, we got – yeah, it was Saturday because it was coming out of the spring game trying to get done with that on the way to softball when we got word. And it's just like, man, just make you stop and think for sure. And We were talking about – I threw that word perspective around in the last hour. certainly makes you do that. And then – those of you who are a little older NFL fans probably remember running back Gary Brown played for the uh, pretty late-round draft pick, played for the Oilers and the Chargers, and he played for the Giants for a little while. He was a he was a running back coach for the Cowboys for quite a long time, and then this past season he was a coach at Wisconsin. Uh, Gary Brown died of cancer. And so, again, it was glorious – around here locally on the sports front, but nationally there was some, you know, some really bad news. And uh, he was only 52 years old, which is a few years younger than me. So always adds, talk about perspective, but uh, NFL running back and and, and NFL assistant coach uh, Gary Brown died. So you might remember him if you've been around for a little while. So as far as, I mean, I have no idea what, I mean, the Steelers probably aren't even thinking about that yet. I mean, you got to get through the the grieving process before you start worrying about, you know, what you're going to do next or what does that even mean? I mean, awful. Awful situation. But, um, again, they they went into it with three. I don't know that that's going to change. Like if you've been doing mock drafts and, I don't know that it changes anything. Maybe it does. Maybe they, maybe they're more likely to draft their quarterback now. Uh, I don't know. But again, I, I don't know. I don't want to presume to think what they're going to say or think. But I would think they're probably not even there yet. And then the shock is just, especially that way, that young, have a tragic accident like that. That's got to. That's just. Whew, that'll mess with you for sure. And so, um, but from a pure football standpoint, I, I don't know what that means. Maybe they're more likely. You know, a lot of people think the Steelers are going to draft quarterback. I just don't think they're going to. Look, I might be wrong. We're, I mean, until it happens, we don't really know. We're just basing on all of our opinion, our impressions, history. Some of us don't do anything some of us don't allow history to come into our thoughts. I do that a lot. Some would say I do it too much, perhaps. But um, I could really see the Arnolds picking a quarterback because they're kind of desperate for one. I guess I could see the Falcons picking a quarterback, but I didn't predict them to. I, I, don't, I don't really think they're going to. They might. But I don't really think they're going to. Seattle might. But I don't really think they're going to unless, again, they make a trade and acquire a second one. Um, There are some people that are still trying to convince themselves the Eagles might. I don't believe that's going to happen either. There are some people trying to convince themselves that the Saints might. I don't think that's going to happen either. And I don't think the Steelers will. A lot of people think the Steelers will. I don't think they will. I I think the Saints and the Steelers 
are two teams that there are a lot of people around the country that think they're in total rebuild mold, but inside their own minds, they still consider themselves Super Bowl contenders. So they're trying to help their team. When you draft a quarterback in the first round, you chances are that quarterback, if he plays at all, will not play much, will not make have much of an impact. So not only do you draft someone in the first round that's not going to help your team that year, you're not drafting someone who really can help your team. So that's why I don't think the Steelers and the Saints are drafting a quarterback. They, the Steelers made the playoffs last year with bad quarterback play, really bad quarterback play. So I would think they're going to try to help themselves to get better. Drafting a quarterback is not going to make them better. And the Saints should have made the playoffs, had the most injured season in the history of the franchise, and one of the most injured seasons in the history of the NFL. And so they and they have two picks, so why would you not try to help your team win in a wide open? I don't think that's going to happen either. Now, I can see the Detroit Lions with their second pick, pick a quarterback. I'll be surprised if they pick it at number two. But they also draft way at the end, like 31 or 32. I don't have it right in front of me. But I, I have them picking a quarterback then in my mock draft, which we'll talk about later this week, But um, in which I might have to tweak some. And I thought about tweaking it with this awful situation with tragedy with Dwayne Haskins, but I, I don't really think it's going to happen. I don't I I think they're trying to win. And if you're trying to win, you don't pick a quarterback in the first round, not that late. I just I would be insanity to me. And I don't think they're gonna do it, but we'll see. A lot of people do. Got a QWs all over the country. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey Kevin. Howdy, sir. Earlier you asked if if anybody had any thoughts about the Cajun spring game, so I thought I'd offer a couple. Okay. First of all, my main my main impression was how consistent the defense was. No blown coverages. I mean, they just had. You know, I don't really see a big drop off between the 2021 defense, 2022 defense, from what I saw Saturday. Granted, they lost a lot of players that are moving on, but were you impressed with their play as well? Oh, I was definitely. The defense played very well. Now I expected the defense to be quite a bit ahead of the offense. Uh, now, the number two defense early on was pretty sketchy, to be honest. But but the, the number uh, one defense looked fabulous. I agree. Yeah, and um, beyond um, you know, the results, it's just like they weren't out of position. They were on the ball. You, know, you didn't see a lot of mistakes. And you didn't see any, and actually, I saw only two penalties on the team the whole day, which I found was per, uh, pretty impressive for the spring. Yeah, it's just so hard for me to evaluate, you know, spring football the way it is with so many injuries and, you know, all these situational drills. But, no, I, I thought they looked well-schooled and a lot of good things. I agree. Yeah, so, so, so that's encouraging. Uh, I just wanted to pass that on. And uh, like I said, it was a good weekend for Cajun Sports all around. Let's hope it continues this week. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Yeah, I'll um... – I'll comment further on on spring football after this uh, after our next timeout, but I appreciate Mike saying that. No, there were a lot of good things. 
again, it's, I don't even know if they do that in, on report cards anymore for kids. You know, you used to have like incompletes. You know, I, I, I'm going to certainly have comments and players that impress me and storylines that I think are fairly significant. And we'll talk about that in the next segment, but it's just, it's just kind of, it's so hard for me. I, you know, I'm hoping to, to get Gerald on and he was on the field watching it and he's a former player and a longtime coach. And so he can probably get a, a whole lot more out of it than me. And I'm hoping to get him later in the week, but I'll give you my impressions um, in the next segment. But most of it is, you know, wait and see, incomplete. It's kind of the way I look at, at spring games anyway, but especially the kind that we saw, you know, on, on Saturday. All right, we'll take go to the game hotline for one more phone call, and then we'll take our next time out. Hello. Hey, morning. How how you, how's it going? Good, sir. How are you? Good. So I was wondering about the draft, and I know kind of know what what the Saints need now that they have two first round picks. I'd like to know who do you you personally would like for them to pick, and who do you think the Saints will pick. I think that that their first pick, they're going to try to get the highest-rated wide receiver that they can if it falls into their lap. And then the second, I think they're still going to go defense with a secondary. What do you think? Well, I I um I think I was thinking all of last week until I got to do the mock draft that. Would, the first thing you said was absolutely correct that they would pick their, their the bet, the highest rated receiver on their board when they got to pick. I still think that's very possible and I would not be upset if they do that. But I do get a lot of people have them picking the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa Trevor Penning and it is possible that the Chargers would pick him ahead of him and Joey's been uh, trumpeting that. So I do think it's po- I think the need at wide receivers a little more than the needed at tackle, but they need both of them. So if the Saints picked a defensive lineman, would any of us ever really be shocked? But but I really don't think it's going to happen. I, I think it's going to be cornerback or um, cornerback. I'm not cornerback. It's going to be wide receiver or offensive tackle in one form or the other. And I think the dark horse position would be safety on defense over defensive lineman or edge rusher, but we'll see. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it. This is like Christmas for me. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. You never know what you're going to get. Yes. Uh, So uh, you have a blessed day and uh, keep it. Keep it between the ditches. All right. Thank you, sir. You have a a good day as well. Again, uh, you know, some people, See, I have Garrett Wilson from Ohio State going in the top 10 to Atlanta on my mock draft as it currently stands. And a lot of other, several, not a lot, but several other people do too. I, uh, Alave, uh, I kind of think, again, you're getting more Alave and pinning than anything other than, the, you know, that crazy, the, all the QWs with their little quarterback silliness. But I just discord. Quarterback silliness, I just discord. But, um... You're getting a lot of Alave and and, uh, and Penning. And, again, the only thing that worries me about that is it makes so much sense. 
And it's so predicted, normally the Saints don't think like most do. And so it's starting to worry that pinning and or Alave in one way or the other, it makes too much sense. And so the Saints are going to do something a little different than we are expecting. So we'll see. All right. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, I will give some more specific impressions of the Cajun football spring game on Saturday when we come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints, also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. want to remind you, if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio, you just simply need to go to the game clubhouse and join. You might be able to win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, where you can get the best boiled crawfish, boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, fried shrimp, grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, po' boys, and of course, that very famous word that I love so much, buffet, seafood buffet. So you can do um, any of that, but again, you can't do it unless you get eligible by joining the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Again, the game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. Let's go to the game hotline now. Hello. Man, that's four words I take a little too serious. What's that? All you can, all you can eat. Yes. God help me. <laughs> you and I need helps at buffets for sure. I go back just to feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Yes. You know, I could be yes. full as a dick, and I'm like, well, what's one more plate going to hurt? And yes. then, I, then I try and put my jeans on, and I'm like, I guess that's what it hurts. But, uh, look, it, you were talking about the Saints and where they're at. I think it's time we all kind of realize, if you step back and look at the situation, the, and it gets to what you were saying before, the Saints think they can make a run at a Super Bowl still. Everybody thinks we're in rebuilding mode. The Saints management saying, if we don't have that debacle of a game against Miami where we're playing with not even the JV team, where we're playing with the freshman team, and basically half of your team depleted, if, if they win that game, which – Honestly, I still think Miami was so overrated at that time. They were beating a bunch of, of, of bad teams and when they went on this run. I think they were very beatable, especially with our full roster. It, in the playoff, once you get to the tournament, anything can happen. So I think in their mind, they have a playoff team. And with the cap situation and the contracts we're under, 
this is our roster, dude. Not only this year, but next year, too. This is pretty much our roster is our roster right now. There's not a whole lot of changes they can make without depleting their cap situation and having a ton of dead money. We've kicked the can down the road long enough to where we're at where we're at. And I'm starting to sound like Kamala, man. But we're uh, it's this is this is our roster this year, next year, for the most part, the core players we have now, with a few exceptions. This is going to be our roster, and that's why they made this trade to get two first rounders. It it isn't to get a quarterback. It's like you said in our history, we've taken one quarterback in the first round, one, in our entire existence in the league, and that's when we were picking in the top two, three picks of the league. So they're not. I, I'll be shocked if they take a quarterback. I'll be shocked if they package these picks. I'll be more shocked if they package these two picks to move up to the quarterback. They got to get three good players. They got to get three impact players in the first fifty, in the first four, top forty-nine. It's what they got to do. And it, you, you're like you're saying, it's the most physically fiscally responsible route. It's the cheapest route. It's the most, you know, and it's the smartest route roster-wise. I mean, it's just, there's just no logic to trading up. None. And everything you said, unless they trade up maybe one or two spots and give up a fourth or sixth rounder for a guy they really, really, really want, uh, which I could see them doing that with one of the picks, but they're keeping these two first rounders. It allows you to get some sanity back to your cap situation. You got five years of cheap players. Get two really good players where we're picking in the middle of the pack. And like you said, we got to hit on our second round or two, but there's three potential affordable starters to add to what is the core of a really, again, we've got a decent team. I just think it's different than what we're used to. We're used to scoring 40 points and winning that way. I think with the defense we've assembled, we can win these grinded out, low scoring football games as long as we get a little help from the offense. And you can't tell me that if Winston wasn't healthy all year, we're not a playoff team. I mean, the guy was five and one. He wasn't setting the world on fire, but he was five and one when he when we got hurt. So, I just think it makes a lot of sense, and we need to get in our minds. This is our roster. We've got nothing to do unless we end up with a ton of dead money, uh, but to keep the players we got and to to supplement those guys with good drafting, and that's why they haven't been noisy in the free agency period i mean even the quarterback we signed we really got him at a discount some people say we overpaid but i think no we over we had to ensure we had a quarterback so they paid him what is below market value for a starting quarterback he's just one coming off an injury so i mean think about it he's got a raise three years in a row he went from a million to five million to 15 million so good for him and they're saying all the right things about Winston. I was just listening to Cam Jordan on one of these shows saying the guy's in the in the in the building at five in the morning dressed and ready to go when he got hurt and they won that game. He was dancing on his crutches. So that he's not an I me guy. He's really a team guy. I think he's matured some. And you can't say being in a room without Drew Brees and Sean Payton that you can't t- convince me that doesn't help you grow as a quarterback even if you're not even playing just being in the presence of those two guys you're going to learn some stuff even if you're stupid i mean just by meiosis you're going to pick some stuff up so i think you're right kevin it's quarterback is talk is silly i think the, the trade they made is like we can supplement our roster right now get two good players we're a playoff team i think we're on it they got a target a tackle and they got a target a receiver somewhere in those first three picks i know you want two receivers 
I tell well, you, well, I said I'd be okay with two receivers. On me with our second first round pick, and then you get a good wide receiver, a good tackle in the second round, and I'll be happy with that because I think Devin Lloyd is a piece that for ten years he can play. He doesn't leave the field. He can he can cover tight ends. He can cover running backs. He can blitz. He's a good run stop and tackler. You plug him in the middle of your defense. Yeah, well, got, well he, look, we've been slobbering for linebackers since the Dome Patrol left. So, I mean, it's not like any of us are going to slit our wrists over a linebacker. I just don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. But I appreciate the call, Joey. Hang in there. Stay away from the buffets. The They're not the healthy. Because it's ours for the yep. next two years. Well, I'm fine with my roster. I thought I think it's an outstanding roster. Because here, yeah, I'm with you, brother. All We're right. Th- 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 thanks, Joey. Um but but apart, again, I understand what Joey said, but what people don't get, and here's where I'm different than almost everyone, that, oh, we used to, we're used to averaging 40 points. That stuff happened at midseason. We were never scoring 30 or 40 points at the end of a season or going into the playoffs. It's about defense at that point. That's why this roster, if healthy, is better and more equipped to win in the playoffs than any team ever. In my opinion, but I, I'm, I know I know y'all don't agree with me on that. But anyway, all right. Cajun spring practice. I um I agree with Mike that the defense, the first team defense, looked really good. Look, they got really good players back on defense. I know they lost some, but they still got. You know, Zion didn't even participate this spring. He's outstanding. Andre Jones is outstanding. The young linebackers are good. I mean, I, I, you know, I guess you could say there's a little questions, few questions at safety, but depth-wise, but Tyree Skipper, I've heard nothing but good things about it. He made a lot of plays, and I got, I got no qualm, I got no issues with the defense. I, I think the defense is going to be fine. Now, you know, you say, well, what quarterback were you impressed? I wasn't really impressed with any of the quarterbacks. Now, again, understand, I don't know that any of them were going to be impressive in that you're playing without either three or four starters on the offensive line, depending on who ends up starting. I mean, we'll see in the long run. But probably without three or four starters on the line, you've got, you know, um, running backs missing. And you've got a really seasoned defense that you're facing. So, like, you weren't going to look that good. So, I, I don't know um, that I, I really, we should have expected the offense to look all that good. You know, I understand that Ben Woolridge had, um, what, three carries for 50-something yards and two touchdowns. Uh, three carries for 50 yards and two touchdowns. It's nice that if he is the quarterback that he can run a little bit. But, look, that means nothing to me because how much running is Ben Woolridge going to do? I mean, he might do a little bit here and there. And it's if you're – if I don't know if he's going to win the job. But if he does or if he plays any significant minutes at all, you don't want him to be a statue back there. But, folks, counting on Ben Woolridge to get three carries for 50 yards, and two, that's not going to happen again. Not. That's not going to happen. So that means nothing to me. Other than, yes, he he he. Even though he's considered a quote unquote pocket passer, he can run a little bit, which is nice. You need you need some ability to to maneuver and and run if you need to. 
Um, neither one of them was very, you know, Ben Woolridge was four of seven for 15 yards. But again, how much was that him? We have no idea. The defense dominated while he was in there. Dominated. Other than runs, which again mean nothing to me. Because he's not a runner. Um, and Lance Lejeune, and his, when he was playing against the twos at the very beginning of this scrimmage, his first two possessions looked fabulous. He was hitting, you know, he looked like he sharp. And then later in the, in the actual game port, part, portion of it, they just collapsed him and crushed him. And he had, well, he was running backwards and everything. So you saw the potential of Lance Lejeune. And you also saw the downside to Lance Lejeune and why maybe they think he's not quite ready yet. You know, there was some really good plays, arguably the best plays on offense, I think, the best two or three plays on offense the entire, whatever it was, spring game, were with Lance at quarterback, but two or three of the worst ones were with Lance at quarterback. So, again, you see... What kind of the the I don't know what they're gonna do with him, but I I really hope they utilize him at some point because he's just he's too talented. Probably the most eye opening part of the Cajun scrimmage to me was running back Jacob Cabote. Uh I don't I'm not gonna have time to get into that, so let's do this. Let's um take a timeout, and we come back, I'll explain to you why I think Jacob Cabote was the most eye-opening part of the K- of the entire Cajun spring game to me. We'll, we'll do that after this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 11th, 1963. Milwaukee Braves pitcher and future baseball Hall of Famer Warren Spahn beats the New York Mets 6-1 for his 328th win. The win sets a new record for the most wins by a left-hander in MLB history. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. Footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. I want to remind you about something that Joey and I probably need to be doing instead of going to seafood buffets. The Greater Acadiana Heart Walk will take place on Saturday, April the 30th. That's day three of the draft. And if the Saints pick a quarterback, I might, they, you know, that heart walk will be for me. Um, but again, the Greater Acadiana Heart Walk will take place on Saturday, April the 30th at River Ranch. The festivities begin at 8 a.m. A non-competitive walk begins at 9.15. For more information, visit greateracadianaheartwalk.org or contact Donna Ashcraft at donna.ashcraft at heart. Dot org. All right. Mentioned before that timeout, 
that I think the most eye-opening performance of the Cajun spring game was running back Jacob Cabote, and for several reasons. One, remember last year uh, around this time they talked about Jacob Cabote and, you know, he had come out of Baton Rouge. He had signed with Texas A&M, and he think he spent like a semester and never played at Incarnate Word and – Got a little size to him. Got the ability to catch the ball, and I don't think he played a single down in the spring game. And then he was not a complete non-factor in the in the season. So we talked about him and then kind of forgotten about him because he, he switched positions from running back to wide receiver. You know, there obviously were a lot of good running backs, and they ended up being a lot of good wide receivers and deep units, and then – at some point, I don't know if it had to do with Kendrell Williams' injury or what, at some point in practice, he was like, man, I want to play running back again. And, he again, he has some size, but the, but the trick of it is he's not known as this, you know, really good inside runner. And so he has to kind of force himself to be this really good inside runner. And he had a couple. He did, you know, he had 10 carries for 50 yards. So other than the quarterbacks, among the running backs, he was the leading rusher. He broke one for like 20-something yards out left. And again, the issue with him is it's great when you can break it outside and hit a big play, but there are times where you got to hit hit the hole and get three or four yards. Sometimes two or three yards is not a bad thing. And you can't always try to be Barry Sanders. You got to be Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith's what winning football is. Barry Sanders for highlight film stuff. A cheap shot. That was fun. But anyway. Um, and so I don't know what's going to, you know, when you interview him, like you can tell he's like older, more mature. I mean, he looks, he looked like you were interviewed an NFL player, not a college player. And again, this is a kid, he graduated, not a kid, he, he graduated from high school in 2016. That's getting to be a long time ago. So, again, Coach Dez thinks that the running back numbers are fine. Chris Smith didn't participate in the spring to get him healthy, which makes total sense. Um, Draylon Washington we saw a little bit of, didn't really get to see him do a whole lot. Caught a few passes on kind of hot rods out in the flat. Um, had a couple runs. Didn't really get to see a whole lot out of him. And then we already know that, you know, the running backs that you lost to graduation and to, tra- and to transfer portal. And then you also know that Kendrell Williams, who was supposed to be part of this, is lost for the whole season with an injury. So, you know, it seems like there's some potential openings here at the running back position. Michael Orphy has been kind of out, and he didn't really do a whole lot. He did have a good scrimmage uh, in the middle of the spring. But I think if Kabodi can learn how to run inside with some effectiveness, he might could do a little more than last year, which was nothing. And maybe a little more than we thought. So I think Jacob Cabote is an interesting just to kind of tuck away, see how he does in August camp. Um, 
you know, again, there there wasn't, I don't know, a lot of other surprises. There are a lot of young players doing really well on defense. But, again, I don't, I don't know that that's a surprise. Coach Morgan came on this show and was trying to tell us all about it. And any time that we just talked, interviewed him during camp, I mean, during spring practice, he kind of trumpeted those thoughts. So, um, I mentioned Tyree Skipper. Uh, Patrick Mintz is another guy who's been around for a while, been a, been a, a backup special teams kind of a player. And he had some big moments in in, in, in Saturday's spring game. And, um, you know, Jalen Johnson's not there anymore, the star position. And so even though he's on the roster, he's not really going to play this year. So um, you've got Bishop, who was not there, or he was there Saturday, but Coach explained that he had a family situation, so he missed like the last week of spring. And, and, and so Mensa, and Mensa did very well. So you've got... Um, Jaron Wilson, Katie High product, who is getting a lot, going to, you know, get a lot more time at like maybe the store and, and or a safety spot. Um, Patrick Minta did well at the store position, which is essentially like a nickel back, nickel defensive back, kind of like uh, what Chauncey Garner-Johnson does for the Saints. Um, and so, and, you know, to Mike's point, you know, I think all the cornerbacks did a good job. They made plays on the ball. But, again, it's hard to know if that was the cornerback or that was, you know, the, the in evaluating quarterbacks, again, you're dealing with offensive line who, for the most part, seem to hold its own. But still, you're not dealing with starters. You're dealing with backups on the line. And so you're dealing with essentially third stringers when the number twos were in because most of the starters aren't even participating. So it's hard to evaluate all of that. But Kabodi was interesting. Robert Williams was another guy. I thought that seems like, you know, he was a guy that they signed and obviously didn't do a whole lot last year in his first year. But, you know, it seemed like he's a guy that could help him. But, I mean, there's so much depth. You know, Peter's not really was not really involved. In a, it's so hard to evaluate what's going to happen with the wide receiver positions. A lot of backup receivers played. You know, the one thing that Coach Dad said, you know, he said in the, he said it was a handful of people. There was a lot more than a handful of people not participating. I mean, you could just tell by the team on the field, there was a lot of guys that were not there. A lot of them. And so, to me, that makes it even more difficult to really feel like, oh, I feel really good or I'm worried or I don't feel good. Whatever your impressions were, it's very incomplete. Plus, you're playing against yourselves. Like, you know, it's just totally different when you play against someone else than when you play against yourself. And I feel that way for pitchers and hitters in baseball and softball from fall ball. It, we, every year we get on, and then, and then you play the game, the first 20 games, and it's nothing like we were hearing. Well, it's because you, you're playing against yourself. I just don't buy a lot of that. So it's all necessary. Uh, I certainly didn't come away from the spring game thinking, oh, no, they're in trouble. I didn't think that at all. But I didn't, you know, I don't know what to think about a lot of the good plays that were made. And again, we'll just kind of tuck all that away, tuck all the things I've heard, and then we'll get to August and uh, see what happens. I, um, I do not think 
going into spring, Coach Dad said he would like to have a clear-cut number one quarterback. I, I, don't, I don't. From everything he said all spring, if it was accurate, uh, they in practice sessions, no one separated, and I didn't see anything, anybody separate anything uh, in, in the actual spring game on, on Saturday. So I, my reaction to that would be, you know, that's not going to happen. The, 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 you know, no one became a clear-cut starting quarterback from the spring practice session, 15 practice sessions. So I, I think you're going to go into the summer and into August with a, with a quarterback, a legitimate, we don't know who's going to win the job quarterback battle. And I also think that there's a very good chance that no one is going to separate. I, you know, it was kind of like that in Coach Hud's first year, all you know, back in what was that, 11, where they there really wasn't a clear-cut winner. And they're hoping for that. From what I've seen and heard this spring, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to have to make a choice and hope they make the right choice. Um, I, I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. But we'll see. Think You know, sometimes injuries, sometimes... You know, you those things very often take care of themselves, but uh, I would be shocked if they're not going into camp with legitimate August camp with legitimate uh, quarterback battle based on everything I've seen and heard out of the spring this year. So we'll see. We'll just kind of those are my impressions of the Cajun spring game boy I, I I'm starting to believe what coach Morgan said there's just a lot of good young defensive players that are going to probably be a little bit further along than than some of us were thinking after all the big losses uh, from from last year's Sunbelt Conference championship team all right let's take a time out come back finish out today's show on this glorious Monday morning on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, today is a great day to join the game clubhouse. That would put you in position to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. But again, if you don't join, if you haven't already, you can't win. So go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Sign up today for the Game Clubhouse. You might win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse. All right. 
Again, covered a lot of different stuff. We talked some NFL draft. We talked about a little, you know, we talked about the Masters weekend and the local connection there. We've talked about Cajun baseball sweeping, Cajun softball sweeping, LSU baseball sweeping. Uh, We talked a little bit about Major League Baseball, what I liked that I saw out of the Astros over the weekend. Um, And again, I know it's opening weekend, but several other teams had – some interesting starts to the season. Some big um, performances. I don't know about anything that's real over-the-top shocking, but some, you know, a fun first weekend of Major League Baseball. And then, of course, Cajun spring game. We had plenty of comments about that as well. So covered a lot of bases on this Monday, on this glorious Monday. And, again, I get a little bit of a break. Astros are off today. I need it. Day game on Wednesday. Another day off on Thursday, uh, and then you get into the Easter weekend, and they're going to be in Asia. Crazy. I haven't. I didn't check. I'm sure. I'm sure that's like Friday night late, Saturday night late, and then Sunday after noon late on Easter Sunday. Correct. Uh, I think so. I think it's all like eight thirty-eight something start. Let me double check. I bet you they're more nine because I mean they're you know again when you start getting into Asia that's a whole different time zone. <laughs> Name's not Asia. <laughs> uh, yes. So Friday is eight forty-two. Oh, Saturday is eight ten, and oh. then Sunday is three ten. Uh, it's a little better than I thought it was yeah. gonna be. So that 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 that's not that's. Not I'm not bad. ready for my. I was hoping that my game today would be a little bit later so I can catch it while I was at uh, bowling, but not gonna happen. It the only way it's gonna happen is they actually go to play like extra innings. It may happen, but I mean they start at six forty, so maybe I can catch them somehow. I don't know. It's possible. That's fine. All righty. Well, uh, we got through a glorious Monday. Appreciate the phone calls. And we will see how the rest of the week goes as we head into a holiday weekend. You'll have a nice day.